Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Yes, the climate conference is coming to Dubai. I'll tell you how you can get your own to, uh, your own seat in a private jet. And I will also tell you how the hypocrisy of Dubai is just delicious. The cup runneth over with oil. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you to Old Man Dudley for pointing that out. I was trying to figure out the name of the restaurant group that owns all these restaurants. It is the Darden Restaurant Group. They own the Olive Garden. They own Longhorn Steakhouse, Bahama Breeze, Eddie V's Prime Seafood, and they own the Capitol Grill. Uh, what else do they own here? They own a number of other places. Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, Roos Chris Steakhouse, Smoky Bones, Eddie V. This is a lot of, re- in other words, these are a lot of restaurants. Why isn't America's mother-in-law busting their chops? And the answer is because they're already, they already own all these places. So, I mean, look, if you're a guy that likes to go to the Olive Garden or whatever, any of these other places that they own, there, there you go. Uh, but they're a big company. That Darden Restaurants is a big company. But they're already a big company. So the left hates them. And the left wants to make sure that other companies don't become like them. That's why Elizabeth Warren is going after this new merger between these, in my opinion, lesser uh, subway uh, sandwich chains. These are lesser sandwich chains. These are not great places to get a hoagie, in my opinion. But again, to each his own. She should have nothing to do with it. But this is the mindset of somebody like her. I got to regulate. I got to crack down. I got to do all these things. I got to I got to turn around and I got to make sure that I'm, I'm growing the power of government at every single turn. That's what they do. And at the very same time they do that, they want to tax these people to death. This is the other hypocrisy of this. They turn around and then they try to raise taxes on these people. Here's some Fox News business. I want you to know where your taxpayer dollars are going right now. You and I on the hook. How much right now for the illegal immigration problem in this country? Housing and care for illegal immigrants is our southern borders wide open. See, I'm old school. I guess I would think that a United States senator at this point of time should be focusing on border security for the United States of America. We got a lot of problems here at home, 
she could focus on. I don't think Subway and Jimmy John's joining in together is really a priority for the federal government when we've got, what, 10,000 people streaming over the border a day illegally and bringing fentanyl and whatever else they're bringing into the country. Unless they're bringing in Jimmy John's hoagies, I don't think Elizabeth Warren should focus on the merger of Jimmy John's and Subway. She should be focusing on the border, as the entire Congress should. But again, she's fine. She would rather have an open border. Think of the mindset of this. She'd rather have the border be wide open. So so tens of thousands of people a day can come to this country because she believes in open borders. Then for Subway to merge with Jimmy John's and whatever the other freaking lesser sandwich chain was, Schlotsky's Deli. Think about that. Just think about that. The mindset of a United States senator, lefty kook, who would rather focus her time on making sure that Subway is not owned by the same people that own Schlotsky's versus deal with the fact that the border is wide open and fentanyl, the fentanyl crisis in America is killing an airplane load full of Americans every single day in this country. You call that priorities. And I understand you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I understand that. But she's not interested in dealing with the border crisis. This is not something she wants to do. She's happy to have it wide open. They all are. But you and I are paying for this. And this is the cost that you and I are paying here. Cut number two. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known gotaways. A lot of money, $451 billion a year of our taxpayer dollars. Now, it's not as much as we're giving to Ukraine, but still, it's close. Uh, by the way, the vote on more Ukraine funding is coming very, very soon. And this is going to be, I'm going to tell you right now, the scam. So get ready. And you know you heard it from me first, okay? Part of my job is to tell, help you peek behind the curtain. Remember, and I gave my buddy Frank Troy credit for this. The, the line that he said was, the magician doesn't see the trick. The magician, wait, what was, I, now I forget the line. See, now I got to go back to my text. What was the line? Hang on. Let me pull it up. <laughs> uh, I'm having a day here. I'll tell you what. The magician doesn't see the magic. He sees the trick. Thank you. The magician doesn't see the magic. He sees the trick. So that's what I used earlier as my analogy for when it comes to what's happening at the climate change conference. But it's the very same thing that happens in Washington all the time. So let me tell you how you're about to get screwed over. Okay. You're about to get screwed over once again by the Republican Party. I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen. This is what, exactly what it's going to be. They are going to get that Ukraine funding that Biden wants. And they're going to do it by combining it with some watered down, weak border security package so that they can turn around and go back to their constituents and say, well, I didn't want to have to vote to give Ukraine more funding. You remember when I talked to Dr. Victoria Coates about this yesterday? And she said that the Daily Signal did a poll and only 12 percent of the people believe we should be giving Ukraine any more money at this point. Any more money. Very unpopular. But Biden's demanding it. And these, a lot of these Republicans believe in, I mean, these are the war hawks of the Republican Party, which is a lot of Republicans. There's a lot of them. These are also the same people that want to stop Donald Trump, by the way. And what they're going to do is they're going to come up with a deal on border nonsense, and it's going to do nothing. It will do nothing to secure the border, and it will actually do much more damage to our country because it will lead to some sort of amnesty deal. Mark my words on this. You know I'm not wrong about this stuff. I can see ahead into the future when it comes to these backhand political room deals. I can see this stuff and how it plays out because I've been around these people before. 
I've been around these people before and I know how they think. And all these Republicans want cover to be able to go home to their constituents and say, I didn't want to vote for Ukraine funding, but the border crisis. And I will be fighting to make sure that that does not happen. I will be fighting every day on the air to make sure that we call these people out. And we're probably going to have to mobilize. The only Army is probably going to have to mobilize. And we're very good at this, you know. Because last time we literally stopped What's-His-Face from becoming the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Who'd we stop? I forget. Well, who's the guy? Matt DeSantis? Pay attention to the show, for God's sake. I, I am paying attention. I just don't remember the guy's name. We stopped him from becoming the Speaker of the House, remember? I do. Why do I ask you anything? I should just ask Twitter. Twitter knows, and they're all <laughs> going to respond to me. Who was the guy that we stopped from becoming Speaker of the House? Yeah, for the life of me, I can't Recently? remember his name. Yes. Um, we ran, we titled the podcast that, we stopped him. It was a whole big shoot. thing. Does anyone pay attention on this show? I think it was such a plain Jane name. It's not coming to mind. Yeah, I can't, I'm embarrassed to say I can't think of it. He was all. the guy that came out of left field and, and then, yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone knows who you're talking the about. The point is we stopped him. That's the point. And we, we stopped him, we mobilized him, we, we stopped him from becoming the speaker. And somebody's going to send me a note on Twitter and tell me exactly who it was because these two, DeSantis and, and Machette, they don't pay attention to this program. I'm paying attention. You're yeah, booking first-class tickets. <laughs> I just don't remember. You're yeah. booking first-class airline tickets is what you're doing, pal. I know I exactly what you're doing. I don't have any trips lined up. Remember, you can't fool me. My gut tells me everything. I'm, I'm, I'm never wrong about this stuff. My gut is always right. It's my guiding light. Oh, is it Tom Emmer? Tom Emmer. Yeah. Thank you. Tom Emmer. We stopped him. We stopped him. The Zioli Army mobilized and we stopped Tom Emmer. His, his speakership campaign lasted from 3 p.m. when I get on the air to about, what, 4.30? We took him down in about 90 minutes, I believe. <laughs> we took Tom Emmer down in 90 freaking minutes, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, you can tell me things that I, 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 and, I and I'll and i know that you're the old saying, it's an old man saying, but you're blowing sc- uh, smoke up my skirt. But my gut will tell me this is a fugazi. I don't believe this and I'll know what's right. And eventually the truth will come out. You're going to see that from the Republicans with this border bill. You'll see I'm right. And if we don't fight back on this, Ukraine's going to get more money. The border will not be secured and there will be a pathway to amnesty. This is all playing out here. This is what the Republican Party does. This is what the establishment does. Secretary Mayorkas, and and this leads up to it, right? So he went on TV, and this is what he's already proposing. And this is exactly what the Democrats plan. My, my, My friend Tom, he had a great line once to me. He said, this is how you take over a country without firing a shot. It's a great line. Cut number one. It also doesn't address the other sort of uh, elephant in the room, which is dealing with the undocumented uh, immigrants who are already here in the nation. And I know it's been a political football as to trying to figure out the best way to address that. But I'm going to ask you, what is the best way to address that from your perspective? The answer is quite clear and quite straightforward, and we've been waiting for it for about 30 years. And that is to fix a system that everyone agrees is fundamentally broken, and we need congressional action, both for 
uh, the lawful pathways uh, that really need to be more robust in statute and for the 12 million people who are here in the United States who have been contributing so fundamentally to our country's well-being. They're our neighbors, our friends, our fellow congregants. Uh, they provide our, our frontline workers. Uh, we need to do something, and I, I am hopeful and remain hopeful that Congress will do it. The president, on his first day in office, mm -hmm. presented Congress with a proposal. I told you, I'm right. Amnesty. Amnesty. This is the goal here. This has always been the Democrat Party's goal. And you don't have to be a genius to see this, but you have an open border. You let millions of people come in and then you give them amnesty. You give them a pathway to citizenship and you make them all voters. And this is how you take over a country without firing a single shot. Here's the latest on what this border deal is going to be. Ready? Top Biden officials are preparing Democratic lawmakers and immigration policy advocates for the likelihood the administration will have to swallow compromises on asylum law in order for the president's national security funding request to pass. In calls with these lawmakers and advocates in recent weeks, officials from the White House and the Department of Homeland Security floated potential changes as a means of winning over Republicans opposed to aid for Ukraine. The outreach illustrates how challenging the coming days will be for the White House as it tries to move a $106 billion supplemental aid package that includes money for Ukraine, Israel, the southern border, and Taiwan. Republicans have insisted that any large-scale plan include border policy changes as well. I thought we were not going to do these big, gigantic spending bills anymore. I thought we were going to do up or down votes on these things. Ukraine, A or nay? Israel. A or nay, Taiwan, A or nay, and then the eyes have it or they don't. I thought that that was what we were going to do instead of putting it into these giant spending bills. But again, is anyone surprised by this? In the process, Republicans have placed a political lightning rod on an issue squarely in the biggest legislative matter before Congress and forced the White House to balance competing interests. This is such a scam. This is a scam. You know we're being played here, right? They're acting like this is something that Biden doesn't really want to do and that these Republicans don't really want to do. So this is the only way they can come together. Aren't you sick of this? The magician doesn't see the magic. He only sees the trick. I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect analogy. This is such a scam. While the administration has begun broaching the contours of a possible immigration policy compromise, similar movement is harder to detect on the Hill. Democratic lawmakers have resisted engaging in talks over what concessions they would make before Republicans detail what concrete policy asks they have, even as they express a willingness to talk. Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia said, I think it's hard to do those things fast, right? Without having a whole lot of unnecessary consequences, but we got to be open to the discussions. But in broad strokes, Democrats have also discussed asylum policy changes as a place of possible overlapping legislative interest. Senator Gary Peters, the Senate Homeland Security Committee chair, said, the process of asylum is clearly something that needs to be looked at. Well, Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, uh, a moron, by the way, the dumbest member of the United States Senate on the, in, on the homeland, of the American homeland. Maisie Hirono is the dumbest U.S. senator not on the homeland because she's on the mainland, I should say. She's, on, she's in Hawaii. So she's the dumbest. It's hard to say who's dumber, Maisie Hirono or Blumenthal. It really depends on the day. But... Either way, they're both morons. 
they said the judicial process and the timing of asylum should be considered. What they're talking about here is amnesty. And they, this is what Republicans are going to wind up doing. I'm telling you, I, don't, don't doubt me here. Don't doubt me. I know exactly how these people play these games. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter at Rich Zioli. This is what they're looking to do. We've been very clear with Republicans about dealing with border security. A specific asylum reform that has come up in private conversations with administration officials, according to people familiar with them, is a change to the credible fear standard. Under current law, if a migrant is subject to expedited removal and put through the credible fear process, that person is required to show a significant possibility of a credible fear of persecution, torture, or returning to their country. A tweak to the law's language could, in theory, mean fewer migrants hitting the credible fear threshold and therefore more people being denied the opportunity to apply for asylum. So understand that what we're talking about here is it's not a, not a border wall. It's not more immigration enforcement. It's not more guys with guns down the border. It's not sending in the national guard to protect the border. No, 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 no. It's a change to asylum law. Ukraine's going to wind up getting more money from this money laundering president since Ukraine has all the receipts on him. And what are we going to get? We're going to get a minor change in asylum law that will most likely be rejected by immigration judges or by other courts. Because I guarantee you what will happen. Because I'm very good at predicting this stuff. What will happen is they'll make this little tweak and then it'll get to, to court. It'll be challenged in court and a judge will come out and rule that it's unconstitutional or whatever the judge will rule, even though. And then it'll go away. But this is the game. So just realize now, in exchange for Ukraine funding, more of your taxpayer dollars going to Ukraine, the money laundering capital of the world right now, you are going to get, you're not going to get a wall, you're not going to get more guns, you're not going to get more people down there closing up the border. Border's going to remain wide open. What you will get is a change to the immigration law asylum code for all the people that are trying to get asylum in the country. And most of those people actually go through legal ports of entry because you can't get asylum without that. So what we're talking about here is nothing about illegal immigration. We're talking about people that try to enter the country through a port of immigrate. You know, we have these ports where you're supposed to come into the country. And if you express your need for asylum, you're supposed to do it at a port of entry. You're not supposed to do it by riding on the top of a train that goes from Mexico to Texas every night. And, you know, every time I see a movie with people on that train or a TV show, all I keep thinking of is, can we not get a freaking like Amtrak conductor to stand out there and just make sure there's no people on the roof of this train? How do they keep doing this? But that's the goal. I mean, that's the job, obviously. Now, what we're talking about here is this is a minor change to the asylum code, and this is going to cost us a lot of money. And this, and and. I'm not saying it, it's not necessary. I think what J.D. Vance said is correct. We'd like to see changing the asylum claim standard where you don't have 21,000 people claiming asylum every three days. I think those are two big issues. And there are a lot of other smaller issues that I think are going to come up in negotiations. But how about this, J.D. Vance? And I'm hoping that I can count on J.D. Vance here. How about that has nothing to do with Ukraine funding? Hmm? 
The insertion of immigration policy into the debate around the president's supplemental request has already proven to be a magnet for elected officials looking for related peripheral reforms. A group of Democratic mayors. And oh, by the way, speaking of Democrat mayors, we may have I've got great news. We may have the return of the love gov, Andrew Cuomo. He is debating a run for mayor of New York City. Did you hear that? Yes, he is. Don't shake your head. Nobody can hear you. Say it on the air. I, I did not hear you that. You did not hear that. No. You were too busy looking at the menu. I'll have the braised beef <laughs> in first class. You and Buffy. If Andrew Cuomo runs for mayor of New York, I will be the happiest guy in the country. I really will. I'll be the happiest man. I'd be so happy if the Love Gov came out with all his speeches and his pontificating and his, his bluster. And that's a guy who's learned from his past mistakes, am I right? <laughs> he might be able to win, too, because Eric Adams seems to be in a bit of trouble uh, with money that he's taken from the Turkish government. I agree. And of all of them during COVID, the love gov was my favorite. I mean, King Philip be unaccountable because every day he'd come out with annoying policies, but Cuomo would just go on there and, you know, I drew a picture. This is uh, the mountain that I had to climb as governor of New York to save all these lives and kill all these people in nursing homes. I drew a picture. You can buy the picture. You can buy the picture for forty nine ninety five. Our hand sanitizer. New York stinks. Mmm, lilac. Remember that? His prison labor sanitizer that he made? <laughs> During COVID, he had the... He actually had the prisoners in, in the New York penitentiary system... Make hand sanitizer. It was forced labor. And he would come out and he would do his little things. He'd go, the flavor of New York stinks is boysenberry. It reminds me of the time I took my idiot lesser brother to the International House of Pancakes and got him boysenberry syrup. I can't wait for him to come back. And then you remember the time he got in trouble for groping a woman in the elevator and he said he's just Italian? That's what we do. <laughs> That's what ended his run as governor. That was it. I'm Italian. I can't help it if I come over and I kiss you on the cheek, slap your ass, maybe grab a little of your tatas. I'm Italian. It's what my culture, what we do. <laughs> do I want to do it? No, but I'm Italian. I have to do these things. It's in my DNA. It's in my blood. He had no choice. I had no choice. And the best, though, was he, he had the state of New York write his crappy book that no one bought. You remember that? And then he had the state of New York buy the book. To try to get it on the bus seller list. This is my story of how I single-handedly saved New York from COVID. Remember that book? And it was a total flop. A total flop, that book. Just like his entire career. I love it. Please bring back the love, Gov. Please bring back Cuomo. I want him back in politics. I need him back. I don't ask for much in life. But I'm asking for this. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So anyway, these Democrat mayors descended Thursday in Washington to meet with the White House and Department of Homeland Security officials, including White House Chief of Staff Jeff Zents and some other people. And they're all now talking about how they're going to give Ukraine money and then also get this minor amnesty change. It's going to do nothing. You know what the Republicans should do if they have any cojones? They should turn around and they should say, you're not getting a dime for Ukraine unless that border's closed. You're not getting a dime unless that border's closed. Period. That's it. Done. You close the border, we'll talk about Ukraine funding. We're not going to sit here and negotiate a minor change to asylum law that I guarantee you is going to be thrown out of court by a judge. 
I can already hear the the opinion by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals when they come out and say that this is cruel and you know whatever they write. I'm not an attorney, but but the LoveGov is. Does he still have his law license, or do they take that away from him, Andrew Cuomo? Do they take that away for all of his scandals? I think he still has it. You have to understand. When I'm on TV talking to my idiot lesser brother night after night about how Ma liked me better than him, how my meatballs were better than his, it was very taxing after a long, hard day of killing people in nursing homes. You know, I dubbed him the nursing home killer back then, too. Like how they had with Dexter. Remember the show Dexter and he was the Bay Harbor butcher? I like uh, serial killer names. So I dubbed him the nursing home killer. Not very original because he was, but... That was the nursing home killer and the love gov. And then do you remember all the groupies who were love gov groupies? And they had shirts. They'd wear shirts. Yeah, they were like creepy. the Manson chicks, the, these psychos. Remember that? I do remember that. So all these women were out there. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the comedian, what's her name? She's not, uh, Sarah Silverman. I think she was one of them. And they would put all these videos out there. In fact, we should try to find some in the archives. They would do videos and they would go out there and be like, I just think Andrew Cuomo's dreamy. His handling of COVID, oh, those three, four-hour-long press conferences every day where he announces more restrictions and talk about all the things he's doing to keep us safe. Oh, he's just dreamy. And that's where they came up with the term LoveGov. It wasn't yet because he was actually going to... He had not been accused yet of groping women in elevators because he's Italian, which, by the way, as an Italian is an excuse that offends me. But at the time... He was dubbed the love gov because he had all these women, he was single, who wanted to date him because of his handling of COVID. So he had these groupies out there, these Cuomo groupies. And that's where the term came from. And so he would go out there and he would do his three, four hour long press conferences every day during COVID. You remember? This is not the time, New Yorkers, for you to take your foot off the gas or my hand off your lap if you're a beautiful, attractive, single woman who wears my face on her shirt. Perhaps I killed your mother in a nursing home. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I can console your grief with my Italian charm and hug you and hold you and tell you it's going to be okay because the love gov's on it. And tonight when I'm on CNN with the lesser, my idiot brother who's 19th in the ratings, that, that's how bad things were back then for Chris Cuomo. You remember? He was, I believe, during COVID-19, Number 19 in the ratings, the sanctimonious. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember. You're not paying right. attention no, to the show I'm again. No, I'm trying. I have a clip for you. It's uh, it's the Cuomo brothers um, discussing oh. Andrew's Cuomo status as LoveGov. Oh, yes. Perfect. It's perfect. up for you. Enjoy. You know, I've seen you referred to a little bit recently as the LoveGov. Can't take I- it? Want to pat and, on the back? And, no, no, love gov? Even if it's the love gov from New York. Do you think False. that you are an attractive person now because you're single and ready to mingle? Do you really think you are some desirable single person and that this is not just people's pain think, coming out of them? Love gov? I'm, I've always I've always been a soft guy. I am the love gov. I'm a cool dude in loose mood. You know that. I just say, let it go. Just go with the flow, baby. You know, you can't control anything. You've never so said any of those try. things. You never know. You never know how it's going to go with the love gov. I'm I'm a soft guy until I'm not soft anymore. If you catch my drift, give the love gov some love and I'll I'll hold you and tell you it's going to be okay during the global pandemic as we climb the summit together to the top of the mountain and the mountain will spew lava. 
all over the place. <laughs> and then he got into the trouble. Then he got into the trouble. After he got all the attention for being the love gov is when all those women came forward and accused him of things. And there's another accusation against him now. But again, guys like Andrew Cuomo, they have such giant egos that they don't ever think it's a problem for them. So they're not going to stop coming. And the, the latest with the LoveGov now is that he's got a groping accuser who's suing him under an expiring law. And the woman who accused him of groping her while he was governor, sparking a criminal investigation, has now filed a lawsuit against him under a just expired statute that has seen a slew of other cases against well-known men in the last few days. Brittany Camiso accused the Democrat of continuous sexual harassment that included touching her rear end and breast while she worked for him. Rita Glavin, a lawyer for Cuomo, said the claims are provably false, which is why the Albany District Attorney dismissed the case two years ago after a thorough investigation and accused the woman of a cash grab. That's also when Cuomo blamed it all on him being Italian. And the culture, which also offended a lot of Italian people. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So, you got friends and family over, and you're thinking to yourself, how do I cook a spectacular meal? What do I do? Well, what I would suggest to you is, you load up on Omaha Steaks, and you can make the most amazing dinner parties and save money while you're doing it. Because OmahaSteaks.com right now, 50% off site-wide, and an extra $30 off your order. Score delicious deals on tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their mouth-watering bacon-wrapped filet mignons. You know, every steak at Omaha Steaks is aged for a minimum of 28 days. Aging is a lost art form when it comes to steak, but Omaha Steaks takes it very seriously. You can, you can have easy-to-prepare comfort meals for during the week, and you can send gifts to people, too. I just sent somebody an Omaha Steaks gift, they were able to wrap the cooler, put a card in there. It's going to be a great Christmas present and one that they won't return because nobody ever returns delicious, delicious steak. And Omaha Steaks is something for everybody on your list. Everybody on your list, including people that love seafood. They have lobster tails. You name it. So what you do is you go to omahasteaks.com, the world's best beef, naturally aged for the ultimate in tenderness, save 50% off site-wide on guaranteed perfect gifts during these sales, save 50, save an extra $30 off on top of the 50% off when you use my name, Zeoli, Z-E-O-L-I, minimum order may be required. Minimum order may be required at omahasteaks.com. But trust me on this, you're going to love it. Five generations of family-owned expertise means uncompromising quality you can trust. Every steak and every entree is flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and ready when you are. And if you're getting into the sous vide method of cooking, which I know is very popular right now, the steak is already in a vacuum sealed bag. So you can throw it right into the sous vide and you can cook it that way. And then you finish it on the grill, getting that nice char on the outside. You know what I mean? That nice char on the outside, which you'll love. Omaha Steaks is the absolute best and they have the best guarantee in the business, period. So where else can you get $30 off on food in this day and age? Nowhere else. So that's why you want to go to omasteaks.com. And where else can you get this kind of high quality steaks? Those low energy steaks you're getting at the grocery store, they're not aged 28 days like Omaha Steaks is. Vacuum sealed, flash frozen, ready when you are for the perfect meal to entertain. And they also have side dishes, desserts. I'm a big fan of the caramel apple tartlets. You take the Omaha steak seasoning, you put some on top of that, you put it under the broiler for a few minutes, 
Oh, Marone, it is fantastic. You're going to love that as a dessert. Or maybe the molten lava cakes, chocolate molten lava cakes. Either way, at omahasteaks.com, there's something for everyone on your list, something that they will love, and you should stock up too for all those dinner parties you're going to be hosting very, very soon. omahasteaks.com, code Zioli. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so I'll tell you, by the way, speaking of Andrew Cuomo, I wanted to, this is one of my favorite Andrew Cuomo comments. Vax and scratch. That's right. You vax and you get a scratch off. (laughs) That's what he did. Vax and scratch. Vax and scratch. That's right. Now, if you'd like me to scratch you, we can do that too. We can talk about it. Here is uh, the love gov on with his idiot lesser brother. (laughs) And... <laughs> this is this is my personal uh, favorite. You like this one? Yeah, I, I I love this clip. Let me set this up properly. You say I'm somehow less than. Yes, you are less than. There's no question about it. You are the lesser Cuomo. Uh, uh, this okay. So go ahead. This is this is the two of them during COVID entertaining America by their stupid comments back and forth. Go ahead. People to get tested, and some people are afraid it's going to hurt. So you had video of it that I want to show the audience of you actually getting tested. Um, here it is. There's you. You were kind of funny and they were testing you. Um, now, a few questions about this process. First of all, is it true that when you were having the test administered, you inhaled and the doctor's finger went all the way up your nose and got stuck and it had to be released with a tool? Is that true? Just to, just to deal no, with the record. She, co- she, she wanted to comment that I have a little button nose, mm. and she was afraid that the swab would actually hurt because it, it extended my uh, nasal cavity. The proboscis uh, issue. speaking about the delicacy of, of, the, of the nose. And that's what, you know what, I understand. This is the normal swab. This is what America was subjected to during COVID. And Everybody honestly, people, every night, these two idiots back and forth on his show on CNN, every single night. And then when Andrew Cuomo got accused of all those things, Chris Cuomo was one of his advisors. Remember, this is what ultimately made him lose his job because he acted as an advisor to Andrew Cuomo as a crisis advisor, and he would not talk about the accusations against the governor on his show. So there, there you go. Uh, what, what is he asking now? 
Johnny Cook is asking why I have a blackout of anything on him on my show. A blackout on who? What are you talking about? Oh, that guy Javier Malay, the uh, from Argentina. I, I I haven't had a blackout. I just haven't a chance to talk about him yet. It's been a big win for him in Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. He's a libertarian wild man, as Roger Stone calls it. He's a libertarian wild man, and he won in Argentina. I thought I did mention that. You know why it happened? Because I think maybe I forgot to cover it because I've been distracted by all the other things going on. But the I got to translate this post here. From the Argentinian Cato Institute, President-elect Javier Malay has resumed the promotion of liberal values that should never have been abandoned. And liberal, that's small L, not big L liberal. It's small L liberal policies. And good. It's a big win. Argentina is a country that has been absolutely devastated by socialist policies. Absolutely devastated. And this guy is a very Trumpian guy who won. In fact, I'll give you the headline from Politico and you'll know exactly why this is a good thing. Here's the headline. Argentina's right wing president elect to meet with top Biden advisor. So anytime the media calls you right wing, you know you're off to a good start. Argentina's melee to meet Biden aide after lunch with Bill Clinton. Oh, speaking of which, there was a clip today of Joe Biden getting off an airplane in, I believe it was Georgia, with Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton and other people. Why is Michelle Obama hitting the campaign trail? Why, why is the president hanging out with his for Rosalind Carter's funeral, right? So Michelle Obama was on the plane with Biden. You think on the plane of Biden, they were talking about how to throw him off the plane? So that she could be the candidate? I'm just, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that came up at all. He'd have no idea because he'd be asleep on the plane, obviously. But Michelle was there. I'm just, I'm wondering. Anyway, Argentina's president-elect Javier Malay will meet with a top security aide to U.S. president. The media hates this guy. They hate him. They really do. They hate him so much. He is an, what's known as an anarcho-capitalist, which means that you are an extreme capitalist. Uh, in the sense of you believe in absolute economic freedom, something that this country would very much benefit from. It's a political philosophy where you advocate just really as much capitalism as possible, as much free market, as much open market as possible. He arrived in New Jersey with a small group of advisors, including former central banker Luis Caputo, the front runner to be his economy minister, and his campaign manager's sister, Karina Malay. Upon arriving in the United States, he first visited the tomb of a well-known Orthodox Jewish rabbi before having lunch with Bill Clinton, according to a statement from the president-elect's office. He will meet with U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan while his economic advisors are scheduled to meet with senior U.S. finance officers to discuss the president-elect's economic priorities. And they're not happy about it because those economic priorities, which are going to be about economic freedom, including dollarizing Argentina, and shuttering the central bank, and also to get rid of the influence of the International Monetary Fund as well. Argentina is the IMF's largest debtor nation as it struggles to tame inflation approaching 150%. 150%. Now think about this now. We're not far off in terms of that in America, but we still have some time to, to, to we got some where to go. This guy ran for president, and earlier on Monday, Reuters reported that a previously announced visit to Buenos Aires from former U.S. President Donald Trump, seen by many 
as a much closer ideological companion to Millet is unlikely to happen. But nevertheless, you can argue that this guy was absolutely one of the people who was inspired by Donald Trump. And I think his grassroots win in Argentina was definitely something that you should pay attention to. It was a populist uprising in a country that has been destroyed by socialist policy. Sound familiar at all? Sound familiar? And this question right now of, of what this dollarizing will mean, dollarization, and the Hoover Institute economist, John Cochrane, wrote this long piece about the dollarization in Argentina. And what he says is what you need to have happen there is you need to have inflation stabilizations that will come from a combination of fiscal, monetary, and microeconomic reform. In other words, what's happening in the United States of America right now, where you've got massive spending and the government wants to keep spending more, what are they proposing now? Another $120 billion of foreign aid? That spending cannot keep going at the rate it's going. Because what you have then is you have inflation, you get macroinflation, eventually you have hyperinflation. How do hyperinflations end? The standard answer is the governments have to make a credible commitment to halting the rapid growth in the stock of money. That's what they, that's what they argue. But the other problem you have is that it's not just monetary reform, but fiscal reform. In other words, stop spending so much money. Bring the commitment to the government's budget into balance. If you want reform, then what you need to do is you need to stop government spending. And look at our country. We can't get that. We can't get our government to commit to actually spending the, only the money that it has. And as a result of that, we are dealing with crippling inflation in this country. Have you been to the grocery store recently? Have you seen all these things? So we'll debate this to come, but I just thank you, Johnny, for bringing that to my attention. I wasn't ignoring it. I just wasn't really, I mean, there's just a million other things going on, but his win was a, a great win for grassroots. What's going on in Ireland, by the way, and why does Ireland have everybody's attention? I'll give you some updates on that as well. Ireland's been in the news and not for its green, beautiful shores. Uh, it is something going on in Ireland. As Elon Musk said, Ireland's prime minister hates the Irish people. In wake of the Dublin riots, it's the billionaire's latest salvo over immigration and freedom of speech. I'll give you some of that as well as the show continues. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. All right. It's not me. It's not my You ready to shoot yourself in the face every time you hear Christmas music now? Has it gotten that bad? I like Christmas music. Henry, I should just ask you. Are you sick of it yet? Are you going to stores? Uh, no. Not, not yet. All right. No, it, it, The time will come, though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. But uh, no, for right now, it's uh, time to get into the spirit. Okay. <laughs> Why do you hate Christmas music? I Rick? don't. I don't. I don't at all. I don't at all. I'm not saying that. In fact, when I hear Marshmallow World, Dean Martin's version, it makes me happy. It's me, and, and one of the greatest moments of my career is when I got Katie Fellinger to sing Marshmallow World on my show. <laughs> that was great. I achieved that. No, that makes me very, very happy. But I'm just saying there's a lot of saturation out there. 
you, Christmas is everywhere. I love it. It's tis the season. You know me. I, once Thanksgiving comes, I'm all in. I go all in. Lights, music, I'm all in. I want the lights. I want it all. I get. I, we get, went. We got a tree the other day. Kids picked it out. Love it. I'm all in. Got the tree already. Of course. Wow. Okay. Probably a little too early, and I think I might have done it wrong, and I think it might already be dead. It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> very possible, but... So anyway, the Trump campaign loves Christmas, too. You know what they have now? They've revealed their new Christmas wrapping paper. Would you like to get some Donald Trump Christmas wrapping paper I for your friends? I have this. The second I saw it, I fell in love. It's amazing. This wrapping paper is available for $35 on the Trump campaign's merchandise website. And it features his mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> Did I not tell you that he was going to capitalize on this mugshot? Oh, it was money in the bank. Ah, MAGA first pump. I'm sorry, MAGA fist pump wrapping paper. That's one of them. And uh, made in the USA. One set of three sheets, 21 by 39. And it's his mugshot is the picture with a Santa Claus hat on his head. <laughs> they also have one. With uh, the president wearing a Christmas hat with the slogan, Make America Great Again. So former president, Jimmy Matthews, I don't want you to freak out. All right. Uh, Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, good for him. They are capitalizing on this mugshot in every single possible way they they can. He has a sign up. It says Never Surrender. It's a signed poster by Donald Trump for 28 bucks. And it's his mugshot. Now I told you it was going to go next to the mugshots of Frank Sinatra, David Bowie. Uh, Jagger, who, who, uh, I mean, think of famous mugshots, right? Sinatra's still my favorite, though. You put Trump right next to that. Never surrender with that, that just staring at the camera, that look in his eye. They have wrapping paper, never surrender wrapping paper with his mugshot. You can get a never surrender Christmas stocking with his mugshot on. Boy, that would drive my mother. I, maybe I should get that just for, you know, blanks and giggles around the Christmas season. Imagine that a never surrender Trump mugshot stocking to be hung when your liberal in-laws come for Christmas dinner. Boy, that's going to turn out well for you. That's going to work out well. I think everyone actually would probably like the wrapping paper, though, whether you're uh, a Republican or a Democrat. It's just genuinely hilarious. right? Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think it's a, a genius idea. Like, I would never contribute to um, a, a political fund. I, I I just don't make donations. No, how can you? You yeah. you 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 got to use all that money for your first class airfare. <laughs> I, I got nothing left. <laughs> right. But I I, I do want to buy this wrapping paper. It's a, it's an incredible idea. He also has a, a a coffee mug with his mugshot on it too. Coffee mug shot. Get it. Wrapping papers, you go wrapping paper. I guess so, because if you hate Trump, then when you're tearing the wrapping paper to shreds, you'll feel good about yourself, right? Yeah, plus it's a mug shot, so uh, you could make the argument, uh, it's a mug shot, he's seen better days, it's not good, but I mean, clearly it kind of is good, because he's going to make a fortune off this. Oh, I got an idea. Tomorrow I'm filling in for Mark Levin mm-hmm. at 6 o'clock. So we're going to, we're gonna. Uh, Greg always lets me take Mark's show live at 6 when I do it. I got to text him and tell him. I'm sure he's already heard it since he's listening. <laughs> but the home studio is having some technical. We're, we're, we're doing a rebuild uh, in the new house. So I got to be in studio for it. So can we switch over? How do we do the switcheroo to the national show 
in the studio. Normally when I do that, I do it from home. We've done it before. We can do it, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not going into that low energy, lame booth back there. I'm staying right here in the host chair. Yeah, we can. I'm the freaking host. And even though I, I, I don't fly first class, Henry, I'm not leaving the host chair. I understand. You understand? I hear you loud and clear. I'm not giving up my host chair, damn it. <laughs> I'm staying here 3 p.m. till 9 p.m. and I'm not moving. Very antsy. Very fired up. Got a lot of Italian passion today. You know why? What's that? I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> I think the Love Gov inspired me. <laughs> I can't believe the Love Gov is running for office again. I'm so happy. I, I really am. I'm, I'm so happy. I, I, I couldn't be happier about this entire thing. Vax and Scratch. Right over here. Right here. Vax and scratch me right over on this part of my body. Why? I'm Italian. It's what we do. What? 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 All right. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Big six o'clock hour, fourth and final hour coming up straight ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, three to seven. Talk radio, 1210. WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.